Uh, yeah, I'll have a large extra butter popcorn and she'll have snow caps? Really? Snow caps? They taste like cardboard. Okay. There, now it's recording. <laughs> we knew you could do it. Uh, it Look, sometimes it's hard, sometimes it's not. Uh, but here we are today on the brand new episode of Rundown Reviews. And I'm your host, Joe. With me is my co-host, Ron. Hey, everybody. And special guest today from DC Films Podcast. Squadcast? Podcast, yes. Squadcast. Uh, Squadcast. Squadcast. You know what? You guys have changed your name so many times. <laughs> No, twice. Like twice. Once. We changed them once. We had the same name for four years, and then for obvious reasons, we decided yes. the rebranding was in order. But that's Don't just like why. when somebody has a phone number for like a couple of years, and then they change it. It's horrible, and you never remember which number you're supposed to use. Right? Anyway, we've got Scott here today. Hi, guys. What's up, Scott? How you doing today? I'm doing okay, and I'm really excited to talk about the movie that you guys picked because, as you and I were talking in a little pre-show, I know too much about this movie. Yes, we will get into that. Uh, but yeah, this movie is Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. Uh, for all those who are here for the Transformers movie we I said we were going to do, yeah, look, we pushed it back. Deal with it. It just it happens. Um, but yeah, so this is Batman Beyond. Uh, it was a direct to release i'm gonna say vhs because i think it came out on vhs first um it, it, it was vhs and dvd yeah was it dvd at the same time okay probably yeah, because the dvd I, I still have my guys this movie is 21 years old let that sink in i was a yeah. freshman in i was a freshman in college when this movie came out i still have I college or high school sorry. oh man i i have I my dvd from 21 years ago. And there's a reason yeah. I've held on to that DVD that we'll get into. And we were talking about that. Yes, but this was that was the theatrical release. I guess it was in, the, was it in theaters? No, it was oh, not. Okay, this was right. a complete... So the, the first release. Yes. And then the uncut version came out in 2002. Now, the uncut version is a DVD that I have. Scott, you said you've got the, the original release version. Yes. And... On HBO Max, they showed the uncut version. Okay, yeah, the good. uncut version is the only version you can find now. Yes. Like, you cannot find... Like, I've I run into people who don't realize there's a censored version of this movie. I'm right there, too. Yeah. And it was funny, because I pulled out the DVD. I'm like, oh, let's just see what... I wanted to look at the box, because it's, it's the clamshell box where it has that little crappy flap on the one end. Oh yeah, there was that Warner Brothers the, DVD thing the, with like yeah, the exactly. hard snap. Snap. I hated those. Um I hated and those. The, on the top it said uncut, unedited. I'm like, well that's weird. And after looking up some facts, I had no idea that there was an uncut version and that there was a different version. Yeah. And that and that was really you know what really got you was after you watched the movie 21 years ago. And then you find out because you can hear it in the DVD commentary because it's obvious from the commentary. I've listened to both commentary tracks nice. and it's obvious that the uncut version was the commentary track they recorded first. 
And then the censored version for the quote original release was recorded second because oh. you can hear them referring back to things really? in the commentary that that you get that sense of this is your second go around at this <laughs> and <laughs> and it's Ooh, really interesting. really interesting but yes the there's a there's a censored version that came out because it was 2000 um Columbine had just happened. There was Senate committees. I, I remember Hillary Clinton's name get rolled around. But dude, it was really frustrating when you see the movie, you enjoy it, but then you start to hear the rumblings of, oh, this thing was censored. There's yeah, an uncut I, there's an uncut version of it out there somewhere. And then you're just sitting there going, Well, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but at the, yeah, like but that only happened the last, you know, like two years versus, you know, some other Say Superman two, which lasted twenty twenty five years. Jeez. Yeah, or 20, as years. we know with the Snyder Cut, five years. So it's it's interesting that it lasted two years, and it was all, you know, the the social media now is completely different than what it was in two thousand. I mean, my MySpace. That's really all they had, and message boards. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, but yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure like, that like, was like because yeah, I, I read on there. <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure they read. I read on in, in some of the the notes that they had an online campaign to try and release the uncut version, and it worked. Obviously, two years later, it came out, and there, there we go. Now we now this is the only movie that they, I guess, promote because it's on. Well, and well, so. I mean, it's the only version that they sell. I mean, after after the uh, uncut version came out, it was the only. It eventually became like that uncut banner got dropped because yeah. suddenly, if you bought a DVD of this movie, it was just the it was just the uncut version. Like it stopped being called the uncut I'm version. Totally it just became the version. Yeah, and then yeah. when it became digital. The only one you could buy, like when it was on Blu-ray, they only did this one on Blu-ray. When they went digital, this is the only version. When you buy it, this is what you get. When it was on DC Universe and now on HBO Max, like I said, unless you were there back in 2000 or you do a little Wikipedia hunting, I'm one of those people, like I'm one of these like old school guys. It's like, dude, I remember it. It's the only reason I still have the DVD is because like this is kind of a collector's item now. Yeah. Because people don't know about the censored version. Yeah. I, I I'm right there with you. I didn't know Ron. Obviously he raised his hand earlier. Not talking. This is my first time watching it. So, Oh, interesting. Yeah. Cause I was going to ask that. Cause I remember watching this on DVD. Cause I got on the DVD way back in like 2002, 2003. That's also how I found out. Cause I remember watching the cartoon, not like start to finish, but like episodes here or there. But this movie, I watch this movie all the time. This was how I found out that Will Friedle was the voice of Terry McGinnis. Because there was a one certain point where he says something. I'm like, wait, that sounds like Eric Matthews. And I actually had to look, <laughs> at, look into it. Um, this, one also, this one also has the distinction of if you were watching Batman Beyond while it was airing, mm -hmm. it's really interesting to try to slot this movie in. Like, in the timeline, where does it take place with the TV show? Yes. Because technically it was released in between, like, season one and season two. 
And you've got a couple of details to like identify that. One, uh, because Stalker Channing wasn't available, this movie was the first time that Angie Harmon became the voice of Commissioner Gordon. And then she eventually took over as the voice of Commissioner Gordon in the cartoon. Gotcha. So you can kind of slot this movie in with when did Stalker Channing stop being the voice of Gordon in the series? Yeah. Also, members of the supporting cast, particularly Max. Max isn't in this movie. And Max becomes a big part of uh, the cartoon series to where Max you kind of have to... Ma- brother, right? Max... No, no. Max is the um, the black girl uh, from school. The hacker. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Because she's not in this movie. Yes, correct. And she was introduced later. So you can tell that this, this movie... Uh, you know, timeline wise needs to happen uh, at this certain point, right before Max shows up. And also they're dealing with the fact that Wayne powers, well, something had to happen to powers so that Wayne could be working on getting his company back. So Mm -hmm. like you can really tell like this either happens in between season one and season two, or there's a point in season two where you would slot this movie in because things needed to happen the voice change and characters who haven't shown up yet. Like, this is what I do. Like, I love the animated (laughs) universe so much. Like I'm breaking it down this specifically to try to figure out when does this movie happen in the timeline? Well, and you're not the only one because in the IMDB, uh, there is one uh, trivia that says uh, in terms of continuity with Batman beyond the events of the film occur at some point after Batman beyond King's ransom. As the Wayne Powers Corps is once again known as Wayne Enterprises and Paxton Powers is no longer its CEO. So, yeah, you're yeah. right. It's it's sometime after that particular episode. Uh, I didn't know about the other things, but that's cool. That's <laughs> um, what I'm here for, Joe. It's what I'm well, here again, for. That's why I brought you on. You have a ton of knowledge, and I love it. Also, trying to find... Try, one of the things of trying to get like you or even Tim onto an episode of like rundown reviews is hard because you guys tend to with your squadcast movies that you guys do for your Patreon, you guys are watching all the films as well. So ha- trying to ask you guys to come on for like a certain film you guys have already watched, it's troublesome. That's why. I, <laughs> that's why I. Uh, I'm like, hey, you you like cartoons? How about this cartoon movie? I know I you guys never gonna every- touch it. Well, no, we're not going to touch it on that show. And I'm over on Film Junkie YouTube every Saturday night talking literally about every episode of Batman the Animated Series. Exactly. Because once again, dude, I was there 10 years old when it first aired, like Labor Day weekend of 1992. I mean, I have been all in with this franchise. Like, this is what made me the DC fan I am today is this animated universe. Yeah. And Batman Beyond Return of the Joker Dude, it's right up there with Mask of the Phantasm. And that's another another great movie. Um, So let's go ahead and get into the movie, actually. And uh, we'll start with you, Scott. Is there any, like, give us one or two things that stuck out to you. One or two things you remember from the movie that stuck out with you, stuck out to you. Okay. Obviously, we're talking spoilers. Yeah, of course. I mean, I'm just 21 years old, seriously. Uh, I will (laughs) tell you. First time Ron's seen it, though. Uh, It's true. I will tell you to this day, in the flashback, 
you know, when we talk about when they talk about that night, the reveal of Joker Jr. to this day creepy turns turns my stomach. Like I remember watching it the first time and not knowing what's going on, and that reveal happens, especially when you know the face comes down and all you get are the eyes and the smile. Yeah. Oh my god! Oh my god! Like the ant, the ant. I need like an antacid. Like that thing, <laughs> that thing bothered me so much. I have empathy issues, as in I have too much empathy, <laughs> and so something like that just ooh creeped me out. And fun story: the actor who was the voice of Tim Drake couldn't do the laugh. Yep, that is Andrea Romano. Yep, uh, the the casting director and voice director, I mean, famous casting director, she's the one doing the laugh. And if you watch the credits, she's credited as laughing boy Ah, because, because she had to do Joker Jr.'s laugh because the actor, like they just, he was a kid. They just couldn't, he just couldn't do it. Yeah. That that laugh is creepy. And that scene, like you, you, you start out with that Joker showing the family videos and it's him basically torturing. Which is edited, by the way. That's part of that's part of the censor. Like, was that part of the censor? There, there there's two or three sections of this movie. Yeah, there was three minutes taken heavy. out from the edited to the unedited. Well, according to replaced. what I can find on 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 and replaced. That's why the that's why oh. the uh, that's why the the uh, runtime is not terribly different. Okay, because it wasn't just taking stuff out; it was in the flashback. How Joker dies is completely yeah. different from the censored version, and they had to reanimate a completely different death for Joker as part of the censorship. Okay, so if they didn't know- have that death for Joker in the censored one, did Joker still kill the um, thug at the beginning with the bang gun? No. Well, it, that's Long the thing. For- okay, this is what happens. Joker kills the goon with a bang gun, but the bang spear doesn't come out of the gun. They recolored the smoke and made it green, so it's like he just jokerized. Ah. So when so when Tim Drake is holding the gun on Batman and Joker, they even changed the line Mark Hamill says, because in the censored version, he says, make him one of us. Because they changed it earlier in the movie to where the they weren't going to, sh- you know, it wasn't going to be a projectile command of the gun. It was going to be Joker gas, and and so the line in the original, in this version is I forgot what the line he says, but I remember distinctly they changed the line to be "Make him one of us" because he doesn't shoot Joker with the bang gun. He drops the gun, pushes him behind that curtain, and then there's like a whole evil lab. And he smashes him into like a tank, so there's water everywhere, and Joker gets wrapped up in wires and pulls one of the wires down, and he gets electrocuted. Damn! But what they, but what they do is they cut right as you see the wire start to fall and hit the water. It cuts to outside of Arkham Asylum, and you just hear the you hear the electrical sound. So that's so how he dies. In the censored version. The, Damn. So, here, so, okay, looking it up, I saw, like, picture of him dying. Like, they have a, a underlay uh, or overlay of, like, picture of him dying in this version with the spear gun, the, the bang gun. 
and then a picture of him in the water with the wires. You explaining that and then explaining how, I think it was Bongo or whatever the heck his name was, the goon at the beginning, yes. died. I remember both those. I may have actually seen the censored version at one point in time. Huh. Okay. That's uh, that's pretty cool, actually. <laughs> well, because there's also there's, – there's like the home video gets edited because there's a section of Tim Drake getting uh, electrocuted. You know, yes. like when he's strapped to the table, that gets cut. Um, when Batman, yeah, it was, and and then when <laughs> what, Batman's torturing all kids, yo, yeah, torturing right? kids, yeah, mm-hmm. Fine. Um, and then when Batman's like wrapped up and right mm-hmm. after the Joker Junior reveal, and he slices himself open from the uh, from the streamers mm-hmm. in the in this version. He throws the knife at Joker, which he doesn't throw the knife in the censored version. The funny thing is, the ripped curtain is still behind Joker's shoulder, oh, where the knife goes through in the censored version. It just rips by itself. It's like, hey, wait a minute. No, it's just, it's no, just, just there. The, yeah, just the whole. <laughs> I mean, the, the hole is just, just there. Right. They That's, just cut wow. the section of him throwing the knife and Joker dodging it. And, and and there's like a lots of things like punches. You don't see the punches land. Uh, the opening fight between Terry and the Jokers is heavily cut okay. because basically any biting or punching or any time like the punches are connecting, they they were cutting all of well, that. So uh, my FBI agent was working overtime uh, after I watched this, and <laughs> uh, I got a thing on my phone uh, talking about uh, fuck up things about Batman Beyond, and one of the things was. That the reason why they made Batman Beyond was because they wanted to take Batman the Animated Series and make it more kid friendly. Yep. And then I watched this, I'm like, it just got fucking so much dark. Like it's just as dark. Yes. You know, yeah. Like, you know, it's darker. Yeah. It, and, and they're and they're like, yeah, I, they're pretty sure that the uh, the the um, people that wrote it were like specifically did it because they wanted them to do this whole teenage like you know younger Batman to get in the younger kids. Oh, no, no. Bruce Tim and Paul Dini and all, Alan Burnett. No, there was even um, when IGN did their Geek Fest right before, like, the Snyder Cut came out. There was, like, a because Batman Beyond turned, like, 20. Yeah, or, a little bit 20. It, it turned, tw- it was 20th anniversary. No, they tell the story. They wanted a teenage Batman. They wanted to appeal to the hip crowd. And, and like, Bruce Tim and Paul Dini and Alan Burnett and all, and all those guys were like, God, do we even want to do this? And they <laughs> joked that, like, it was an elevator ride where they were like, we can make this work. Like we can make this. Once again, it's like we can make this the way we want to make it, so we actually are interested. Yeah. And then you go and do something like Return of the Joker. And Return of the Joker was when we all went, Whew. "Damn, okay." It, it, and you could definitely tell they still try to keep it as dark as this this movie went. They try to keep it teenager as possible because there's two different times where. It, Terry and his girlfriend Dana go to Dana, yeah. a, uh, a a little techno dance club, you know, because that's what all the cool teens are doing. I guess. Oh come I don't on! Know. Don't you remember that place uh, down in Bluffton that they had? Um, <laughs> Which I bar? I can't remember what the fuck it was called. It was it was a kids bar, like it was a a um. I can't. I'm trying to think. No, I don't remember this. Uh, so, well, one of the guys that I worked, or one of the kids I worked with at you know, McDonald's at the time, was talking about it, and I'm like. And I had no idea what the hell he was talking about. And then Jess was talking about, I can't remember what that was called. But it, was, it was over by like the Moose or the Elks Club or something like that. And it was like, it was like in the rooms above it or something. And there was like this like kids, like basically rave. Yeah. Like they had like the, 
the lights like they have at the uh, roller dome and shit like that. And then they'd have, you know, uh, they had video games set up in one room and they had a It was basically car. just a youth center for kids who pretty much didn't, who couldn't go to yeah okay that's just weird it, it was getting it. it was getting kids ready to go to the bar as adults <laughs> basically um so there's a lot ron so, you do you know, have anything you want to weird things like that i think go ahead scott go ahead continue so there's just a lot of weird things like that where it's like if you know it's weird to see what they cut what they changed like you wouldn't think electrocution would be more friendly than getting well, shot friend, like but the fact that they cut away and you heard everything like that makes it almost worse you know like because then well, you you left your imagination but, but censors don't care about that they don't but that also yeah, you don't, he didn't see, you don't him see the eyes like you don't see his eyes go dead because dude watch it when he gets shot like his eyes roll yeah. into the back and then he yeah. falls i mean it's it's, it's pretty like, gruesome yeah, you know, it's gross. I mean, for a cartoon, like we're talking, that's <laughs> that's some uh, serious stuff. And they do stupid things like you know, when Joker broke into the Batcave, the ha 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 that Terry finds very similar to it, things. Well, it's spray painted in red. They changed it to green mm-hmm. in the censored version because the censors went that looks too much like too blood. much like blood. No, for crying out loud. Yeah, there's a lot Ugh. of stupid stuff like this, you know. It, it and I can go on like it, there's little things and there's big things. And but but as I but the weird thing is for my brain is as I watch the uncensored version, I can still point out like that was cut, that was cut, that was changed. Like my brain still is programmed to that first version to where I still see the Which differences. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Because again, I you explaining those couple scenes triggered something in my head. I'm like, I remember seeing that. I remember seeing those scenes specifically. So, I mean, obviously, unless I, unless you send me a burnt copy of the DVD, I'm never going to see the original version ever again. Unless, of course, I find nudge, it somewhere. Nudge, wink, wink. Know what I mean? Know what I'm mean? not, I don't need that. <laughs> I'm not trying to say that. But that's, I mean, that's, it's not very often you can, you only have one version. Because, like, even with, like, say, like Daredevil, the Daredevil movie, you've got the theatrical version, and you've got the um, the director's cut, like, and they come together. Buy, you can buy both of them. Yeah, you can buy them to get. Like, it's just it's it's not very often that they just erase one version of a movie, you know, from existence. Yeah, yeah. which this is one that I'm okay with because I like I like it being, you know, the OG. Yeah, version. Yeah, and I can understand Bruce Tim and Paul Dini and Alan Burnett and Kurt Gaeta and all those guys, like going. They've, I mean, they were fighting censorship since day one with Batman the Animated Series. So I yeah. can just imagine what it was like for these guys having to do this because, like, re. It's one thing to like cut stuff out of the movie, but having to reanimate an entire sequence. I mean, yeah. I in my mind, I'm still like, how did that? How did that happen? That they had time to go back, go to the studio, and go, "Hey, storyboard, reanimate, like Do an all- entire death sequence to replace maybe, it in the movie." Maybe because it was just a smaller scene and not the whole movie, it probably didn't take it, as much time. Maybe a couple days versus the whole week. I, I don't know. Yeah. Plus, because uh, the rest of the stuff is simple. It's like you either cut something out completely or. It's digital painting, which is that's one reason this movie still looks gorgeous. It was that I this was, is when Batman gonna, beat. 
Yeah, so I was going to bring that up. Um, because it's been... God, I don't remember the last time I watched this. It had to have been at least 15 years. But this, on HBO Max, looked beautiful. Like, And I don't remember yeah, it looking like this good. Well, because this is... At, bat, you can When you go back and watch Batman Beyond, the, the series, yes. there's a point where you can realize they went from hand-painting to digital painting. Okay. Like, there, there's a transition. You can see it, and it happens in that second season. And it makes the... HD digital transfers of this look so much better because it's already digital. So it's okay. easy to go in and basically go change the colors, you know, change all the ha-has from red to green or yeah. get rid of all the blood that was dripping out of their mouths because you know that got cut out of the censored version. Yeah. With digital coloring would would make that easier to do, but it also makes this movie 21 years old. This sucker <laughs> holds up. Yeah, it does. It was... I, I mean, it's a little hint at the the ratings at the end, but this was an awesome movie, guys. It was really good. Um, Ron, is there any scenes that you uh, wrote down that stuck out to you? Well, there was something that I'm not sure if I was just hearing it or if it was actually there, but when the Joker first comes on the scene in this, the music in the background is similar to the music that he had in Batman the Animated Series. Like, whenever he would show up on the scene, like, uh, in, what was that, the first episode? Like, when he's on the barge and shit like that, you know? Uh, uh, yeah, early on. Okay, well, there there's a certain music sequence that I remember from that that I always associate with the Joker. And, like, you could hear subtle hints of it in the music that they had when the Joker is, was uh, first showing up with the uh, uh, Joker crew or whatever the hell they called the little clown Jokers. Kids. The, the Jokers, yeah, it's a gang in the Batman Beyond. That's a gang. There's like, there's like different, like there's the Jokers, but then you like you can be different gangs, and you just kind of took the Joker as a mascot theme, <laughs> right? Because they always said they never wanted to bring back the Joker in Batman Beyond, just a series. Like, no, we're not, we're not doing that. Mm-hmm. They knew that if they were going to bring the Joker back, it had to be for something special event. Yeah, it's a special event like this movie. But and then I also yeah, wanted Chris, to point out that uh, when Terry's fighting them all at the beginning, and he's just fucking running the house with them, and then the very next time he's fighting just the hyena dog thing and just gets his ass completely kicked. It's a hyena hyena man. I mean, what, what do you it's expect? Splicer. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, yeah, it's but, but he fought him at the beginning here's, too. And well, here's he, the thing: he literally kicked the shit out of all five of them. See, here's what I find funny is that later on when the Joker's go to fight Terry McGinnis at the club and he's punching them and doing things that Batman does to them. And they're like, man, this, this guy is kicking our butts. That punch felt very familiar though. Huh? Like they, See the they didn't pick up on who this kid week? is. See the knuckle imprint from this week? I think they're the yeah, same exactly. <laughs> Well, I always wonder sometimes also, you know, you could tell that Joker didn't tell them everything because they don't know why they're of going after not. Terry. Yeah. But I mean, at that point, you know, I, I you know, if, if I'm going to headcanon this, it's like it almost doesn't matter at this point because Joker knows. And so mm-hmm. and let's look at what happens to most of these jokers by the end of this by the end of this movie. Yeah. You know, it's they get they get they get tore up. Shout out to Michael Rosenbaum, who's yes. the voice of Ghoul, intentionally doing his Christopher Walken impersonation. The uh the the voice cast, probably Andrew Romano and a couple other people 
uh, really liked his take on that because he purposely went in there as like, yeah, I'm just gonna do it like this. Why not? They made the ghoul specifically for him for that that reason, which I'm like, that's pretty awesome. And Rosenbaum being a you know a DC alum, you know, with Lex Luthor in Smallville, Flash in well, Wally West, Flash, you know, Wally West. Sorry, that's a callback to the thing. <laughs> um, Wally West, Flash, and Justice League. Uh, yeah, it it is. It's nice that they kept him, that they gave him this opportunity. Like it, it works. It was perfect. And oh, then, that's the beauty. That's the beauty about DC animation is that, dude, you get your you you get a good reputation. They're mm-hmm. going to use you oh, yeah. over and over and over and over. There, there's again. a reason why those DC New Fifty Two films worked because they, with the exception of a couple, they kept mainly everybody. So everything was connected and felt connected, which I can't wait to get to those. Those are coming up in the future. Oh man, I did my rewatch leading up to Apocalypse mm-hmm. War, and that I was, listened to those. Those are those are good. Well, man, that was that was that was a marathon. Well, because you, you did it all like one a day, each yes. day, yeah. So we're at least we have some space in between. Yeah, it, well, it was insane. It was a little insane. Uh, but the but the Joker's another great thing. Oh, I want to love this movie. And and Ron, here's here's a question: uh, Have you watched Batman Beyond the series? Uh, I've seen. A, with... I've only seen a couple episodes of it. Okay, so I'm kind of curious for you. How did this? Because you're about as close as I can get to someone who is just watching the movie as a movie, as its own mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Uh, how did the movie hold up for you? Just as a this is a direct okay. to video so, standalone film. So if, if you like, if you've ever read a series of books, um, even if you, you like, if you pick up the third book in a series and you've never read the first two books, there's usually something at the beginning that anytime that anything comes up that's happened previously, they give you like little tidbits of it. And that's how this felt to me. Like you could definitely tell there's obviously backstory to it. And they gave you enough information to make the whole story make sense to you without you needing to know every single detail. But without having seen the show, there are certain things that you just wouldn't get. Like, for instance, the Joker's uh, gang thing or, you know, um, like what actually happened to Terry's dad or um, the fact that he, you know, never sees his mom and his brother, uh, shit like that. Like, it's it's just um, stuff that, like I said, the the whole thing, it's a great story by itself. And you don't need the other context. Mm -hmm. But having it also helps because it gives you the underlying knowledge of the whole story yeah okay cool that's always been a curious because i'm kind of i was always wondering how this movie plays for someone who isn't watching it just as in i'm watching the series cool this direct-to-video movie comes out i watch it and then i go back to watching the series Mm -hmm. i'm glad to know that basically if anything it would whet your appetite to go if you're curious about those details well, there's exactly. a three season show you can go watch. <laughs> hey, and it's only three hey, seasons. It's on HBO so. Max. Well, yeah, but three seasons back in the two nineties, two thousands was still like twenty some episodes a piece. Yeah, but that's still better than trying to, you know, pull teeth watching some of the uh live action shows they have now with, you know, twenty four episodes. So Yeah. Yeah, and actually this was the beginning Superman the animated series was the beginning of, you know, them actually doing seasons, and mm-hmm. the seasons only being like thirteen episodes long. Yeah, it's not even like Batman the Animated Series. The first season, air quote season, is like sixty episodes. Right, because it wasn't like a season. Yeah. Correct. 
Right. Yeah. And then it's like 85 when it's all mm-hmm. said and done. But, but the problem is you can't delineate seasons in that show no. because it wasn't released that way. Correct. It was, yeah. So this is where it's a little bit easy. This is where the animated universe gets a little bit easier to like break it down because there's arcs, there's yes. stories. Oh, yeah, like yeah. You can tell, you know, when this season started and when the season ended. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to bring up a couple things. First one is during the flashback scene when Tim gets taken by, you know, Joker and Harley and then Batman and Batgirl are out there looking for you know, trying to talk to people. <laughs> and on the IMDb, IMDb, this is stated and Ron's going to love this, that when Batgirl is asking people, she goes to ladies of the night. Yes. And Others, one of them, Joey. Prostitutes. Ladies, ladies of the night, sex workers. And I know where you're going, and I know where you're going with this, Joe, because I saw it too. And yeah, yeah one of them looks like like uh, Black Canary, which is very interesting. Well, because they use that character design yep. for Justice League Unlimited when they finally brought Black Canary to yeah. the show. It's the exact it's same. Perfect. It's the, it's, it the, it's the same character design. Yeah, yeah. Um, almost wonder if they're going to put food on the table. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not arguing that. It's just funny. I just I just noticed that it was funny. Um, the second thing, so obviously Batman's a hero. Terminus is a hero. He's going to save every innocent life he can. When he goes to confront Price on his yacht, obviously the Jokers are there, and they bug off, they get off the ship, and then the ship's about to get blown up by the satellite. Batman grabs Price and gets out, but doesn't save any of the crew. And this is a giant yacht. And that yacht gets blown up. Okay, I would. It's I also would, in the future, but I, it's I the future. <laughs> I want. I want to bet how much of that yacht is actually automated. Yeah, probably a lot. A, a good portion. And but, that's something that's established in the, the series show. is yeah. that we have technology that cars drive themselves. Like, mm-hmm. like that's a self-automated yacht. I bet. I hope because, that's because how, if not, uh, he did a really bad job saving those people. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, which is funny. You bring up Price. Anyone else catch the little Easter egg with Price? I did. How about you, Ron? Did you pick up who's voicing Price? No, but I didn't pay. I I, I might not have been paying much attention to the whole thing. So, <laughs> okay. It's Mark Hamill. Is it uncredited. really? Yes, uncredited. It is Mark Hamill because they intentionally wanted to throw. This movie does. If you if you look at it, this movie works as a detective mystery. Like mm-hmm. one of the questions you're supposed to be asking yourselves as you watch the movie is how did the, who is the Joker? How did the Joker come back? Like that's part of the mystery. Because you actually see Terry doing detective work in yeah. this movie, which, which I nice. think is fun. They intentionally had Mark Hamill voice Jordan Price to be a red herring to make you think maybe he's Especially the Joker. He had the look, like the the head shape. The, 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 yes, the they chin. did all like, these it, things yep. intentionally yep. to throw you off, to make I, you think that Price was the Joker. And they did a good job. Uh, you know, first time watching it twenty one years ago, or at least twenty years ago, I think I definitely thought it was Price, or he had at least had a hand in it. Not knowing that it was Mark Hamill doing the voice at the time. Uh, I early, obviously, earlier on. I didn't care about people voicing characters. I just like, oh, this character's cool. I like him. It wasn't until like I got in my 20s that I'm like, okay, I'm going to start paying attention 
because these people are actual people that have earned a paycheck and they deserve the credit that, you know, they get. That's the funny thing for me is even since I was a kid, I had an ear for voices. Oh, I could definitely tell like Optimus Prime just definitely sounded like this were. guy. But yeah. it was just it was you know, I just never actually paid attention. Oh man. And so that was the funny thing was like, wait a minute, that's Mark Hamill. Yeah. What? Like <laughs> I'm like Okay. That's a because I but I'm also used to animation where, you know, they bring you on, you do like three different characters because it's cheaper. <laughs> Dude, but it was funny when you listen to the commentary, that was actually an intentional choice on their part to try to throw you yeah. off because it was a mystery. And that, that works perfectly. Um, uh, Scott, you have anything else? Any, any more? Okay, cool trivia if you don't know this. Okay, if there's any anime fans out there. Okay. And I have not watched a lot of anime. Uh, it's one of my, it's, it's one of my uh, geek deficiencies. I've seen the big ones, you know, or at least at least one or two couple, big ones, yeah. a couple, right? But of course, if anyone hasn't seen it, whenever someone says anime, one of the usually you got you have a fifty fifty shot of one of them that someone's either going to recommend or you've seen, mm-hmm. and it's either Akira or Ghost in the Shell. Akira was the one I've seen. I actually own Akira. Nice. A animator on this movie on Batman Return, Batman Beyond Return of the Joker was an animator on Akira. Mm -hmm. And there's a scene in this movie when the laser beam from the satellite is chasing Terry McGinnis and the Batmobile all throughout Gotham. Anyone who has seen Akira knows that that is like like a ripoff. A dirty rip. One, they knew that. Like, this isn't a ripoff. This is an homage. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's the same animator. And he said, I'm going to do this better than I did on a kid. Like, like, he challenged himself to make it a bit, uh, to, to try to equal that scene from Akira, which Akira came out like 88 or 80. Something. It was early, early 80s. Or, I'm sorry, late 80s, early 90s. It was, it was a while ago. But I still think it's f- so amazing that a scene that so much has a callback to Akira, not only does it call back to Akira, one of the same animators is working mm-hmm. on the exact same scene. I think that is just as an animation thing. It's just so cool. Yeah, it's, it's, 1988. 88. Yep. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. You don't, you don't see that very often. Like that's another one of those things where it's, it's a good Easter egg to, and good knowledge to have because it expands the movie. Like this, this is stuff that I, until I looked it up on the trivia on IMDb, I didn't know that. I had no idea until today. And hopefully people who didn't know that are listening to this is like, wait, what? Really? Wow. Okay. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, There's also some cool stuff like with uh, this movie is also because this is written by Paul Dini, uh, which, you know, wrote some of the best episodes mm-hmm. of Batman, the animated series. Created some of the awesomest characters. Uh, exactly. Uh, you know, Mr. Freeze's backstory, mm-hmm. creation of Harley Quinn, all of this, which is really funny because Bruce Tim and all of them wanted him to kill Harley Quinn yep. off. And he, and when she comes back at the end, they were like, damn it, Paul. <laughs> but it works though. Like it <laughs> makes perfect sense that she is Dee Dee's grandma. Grandma. It fits. It, it really does. Especially with the way the Jokers treat the girls. Yeah. But, but man, they were like, 
Paul. I think that's so funny to me. But there are so many insanely quotable lines in this movie. Like, there are entire scenes where I remember, especially Joker. He wrote some great Joker lines. And this is one of Mark Hamill's best performances Mm -hmm. as the Joker. I mean, the only thing that comes close for me is pick an Arkham game. Uh, that, that that Mark Hamill did, but it's the you know like I remember like when he and Terry fighting, and he's like, "Well, if it's a whooping, you're a wanton," you know, and he's like <laughs> rolling, and he's like rolling up his sleeves like he's gonna spank him, or like that entire fight at the end. I love it because it differentiated Terry from Bruce. It's like look at the way Terry deals with the Joker is so different from the way Bruce would have handled the Joker, mm-hmm. and they pointed out because if you listen to his dialogue. Paul Dini wrote fan criticism of Batman Beyond into Joker's dialogue. Really? Oh, that makes more sense now. Like when Terry first shows up and Joker goes, well, the ears are too long and I missed the cape. Yeah. He's literally was pulling criticism <laughs> off of like message boards and writing it into Joker's dialogue. Like Joker was some sort of online fanboy gatekeeper. And That's so awesome. like, like, and the end was like, you know, you talk too much, you know, and, and, and you're not Batman. Like, like you listen to Joker. Paul Dini wrote him to be one of those angry fanboys. That's awesome. That was hating on Batman Beyond when it came out. And it once again, intentionality. Like, that yeah. was done as, like, a meta joke to go, oh, yeah, yeah, we know. Oh, we that's, know. That's perfect. That is perfect. Um, so, yeah, so as we – we'll just wind down here. There he is. Bright eyes. Um – Let's go ahead and do our bingo real quick. And this one, uh, we de- we had mention of dead parents. Yes. Yes. We had an origin reveal. And I think I put that at, yeah, because same instance, Terry talks about his dead dad. Um, we have product placement. And I'm, I'm saying that because of the Warner Brothers Looney Tunes cartoon that Ace is watching. Oh, yes. Yes. Yep. Uh, hero kill someone because Robin killed the Joker. Yes. Uh, betrayal by friend when Tim is revealed to be the Joker, which is weird. I figured in like That's any a stretch, but I'll take it. You know. Well, I mean, it was he was the Joker. He turned out to be the Joker, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. In so. a roundabout sort of way. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird way of doing it, but it did. Um, unexplainable science and with the. <laughs> With them being able to be the Joker. And then comic logic, because, I mean, almost every movie will have comic logic. Um, yeah. And then I have an origin flashback, which I, I put that in the, just basically the flashback. So that's where I counted that one at. Well, because it kind uh, of is the origin of Joker, Joker Jr. Like, you need that yeah. origin to understand how, like, Joker came back. Like, so back. It, it, right. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, don't forget the uh, identity reveal to a villain. But it, yes, okay, fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I thought that one was a gimme. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Okay. Um, well, then, yeah. So we definitely got bingo. Almost got two bingo. bingos. Um, so let's go ahead and do our rating. Um, Scott, we'll start with you. Uh, okay. Out of out of ten, and just like. Squawkhead films, decimal points are allowed. Uh, but out of 10, what would you give this film? I struggle here because I would either give this a 9 out of 10 or a 9.5 out of 10. 
I know because it it's it's a high one. Like when we're talking animated animated movies, I really do think that this is up in like Mask of the Phantasm under yes. the Red Hood territory for me. Like I those are that's kind of like my holy trinity of animated movies is Mask of the Phantasm, Under the Red Hood, and Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. Like I can watch these three all day long. Yeah, Under the Red Hood. I can't wait till we get to that one. That one I love that movie. So you would say definitively nine point five? Let me split the difference and say nine point two five. That works. It's not perfect, but damn it's close. Yeah. Uh, Ron, what would you give this? Uh, 7.5. 7.5? I like okay. it. Hey, that, that's high for me if you really think about it. No, it is. And I don't have the nostalgia benefits that you guys have for it. So, Oh, there's yeah. definitely nostalgia going <laughs> Oh, Yeah, I, there's a nostalgia factor slapped on this puppy. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, there is. But that works. I mean, we watched this when we were younger. It fit perfectly. It was at the right time for us. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's why I gave this one a nine because it. I love this movie. It's it's one of the first movies I would watch repeatedly over time. Uh, you know, because it was when I got the DVD. I was right out of high school. I was still living with my parents. I had nothing else to do, so I watched that stuff constantly. It's so. also one of those first experiences of me kind of. This hit me about the same time that I found out about Superman two. Like, but before the Donner Cut came out. So this was yes. one of my first experiences of alternate cuts and like experiencing the alternate cut in my life. Like I was there for the original. I was there for the alternate cut release. I yeah. did the internet digging in between. Like, it's amazing how this this has a weird place in my heart for being, I was there. I have a story <laughs> to tell. Those those are always those are always sit fun. down, children, and let me tell you a tale. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So with our combined score, we've got a score of eight point five eight, which put that as our new number one. Um, it puts what did it, it beat Superman from seventy eight. Wow, Superman! This is number I think our nineteenth or twentieth. Yeah, it's our. our I, it's up almost 20 episodes of Rundown Reviews, and Superman was number one for however long it was. But yeah, this is our new number one, and I'm fine with that. It definitely deserves to be in the top five. Oh, definitely. Yeah, so our, our top five now are Batman Beyond, Return of the Joker, Superman from 1978, uh, Superman 2, The Donner Cut, Batman and Mr. Freeze, Sub-Zero, and then Flash Gordon, The Greatest Adventure of All. From 1979. Oh, the greatest adventure of all. Okay, uh, that's the yeah. cartoon one. That was the cartoon one. Yes. Okay. Well, you said Flash Gordon. I was like, did you write down the wrong numbers on that? <laughs> no, no. That one. The other one's way down lower on the list. Defender <laughs> <laughs> of the universe. Yep. yep. That's that's the only reason why it got a score from me was because of Queen. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. That is perfect. But okay, so that yeah. I like that list. I like that uh, that that where it sits there. I love it. Um, Scott, thank you very much for coming on here and and doing this with us and, and watching the movie. Um, go ahead and let everybody know where they can find you on the internet. 
Well, you can find me on Twitter at ScottDC27. You can find my podcast, the DC Film Squadcast, wherever podcasts can be found. We're also on Vero, Facebook, YouTube, and the entire network of shows at SquadcastMedia.com. Uh, weekly, you can also find me on Saturdays over at Film Junkie on YouTube, talking about every episode of Batman the Animated Series on Batman the Fanimated Stream. And then pretty soon, I'll be returning to Wonder Meg's YouTube channel to talk about Dune chapter by chapter. Very nice. Yeah, I just actually read, D- well, listened to Dune for the first time uh, beginning of this year. It was really good. I really liked it. I'm looking forward to the movie. I'm looking oh, forward I'm, to I'm, reading I'm... it. It's sitting on my shelf in my to-read pile. I mean, which is a vast mountain of book, Yeah, giant pile. It's there. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, but yeah, again, Scott, thank you for coming on. Uh, our next movie we are doing will be the... Oh, what was it? Uh, the Incredible Hulk Returns. Oh, oh, Bill Bixby and Lou Ferrigno. Yeah, really? I'm already cringing internally. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be fun. I mean, I'm sure it'll be fine. I remember watching these on TV with my dad. Like, but yeah, you'll have great memories. It's gonna be great. Is that know, the I one with four? I was I like, Thor was in the trial. I don't. I know uh, Thor is in there. Daredevil. Somewhere. I know Daredevil and Kingpin are in the trial. Oh God. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's our Marvel one after the the <laughs> returns. Oh, it's gonna be great. I know Thor is in one of them. I can't remember yeah. which one though. Um, I don't know either. Okay, we'll 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 watch it. We'll find out. We'll figure it out. So until next time, see ya. Bye. Bye.